is the TVA the real villain of Loki? Welcome back to Nerdist News, I'm Dan Casey, and today we're breaking down the latest episode of Loki. Episode 2 finds the god of mischief grappling with rogue TVA agents and existential questions in equal measure, and it's hard to say which could be more dangerous at this point. We're going to break it all down for you though in just a moment, including what it could mean for the rest of the series. In order to do so, we have to spoil what happens. So if you haven't seen the latest episode of Loki yet and you're worried about that sort of thing, leave now before it's too late. Look, why don't we just get this to go? How about that? It, it packs right up. Let's just get it to go when we get up and we get out of here. How about that? Okay, let's get into it, shall we? The title of Loki Episode 2, Breaking Brad, is an obvious riff on AMC's Breaking Bad. <laughs> here, though, it refers to the exploits of the hunter formerly known as X5. It's Brad, Bradley. After General Docs raided the armory as part of her plot to bomb the sacred timeline under the cover of hunting Sylvie, X5 went off on a side quest. This former lapdog fell into the lap of luxury in London circa 1977. Hunter X5, it's Brad. Sorry, Brad began a new life on the sacred timeline as a bona fide movie star. Faced with the revelation that his life was a lie and he had a real life out there somewhere, X5, I mean Brad, chose to take his destiny in his own hands, one red carpet at a time. Making movies. Brad's latest picture, Zaniac, is facing some stiff competition at the box office. In addition to a poster for Herbie Rides Again is a poster for Saraj Keputra starring the great Kingo. We previously saw this poster in Kingo's plane back in The Eternals. There's another Marvel deep cut here too, a movie poster for the Phone Ranger. He's a character that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness writer Michael Waldron told Nerdist nearly made it into that movie and nearly met a brutal end. Now as for Zaniac, he's straight out of Thor 319. Tell me about Zaniac. In the comics, the Zaniac was a horror movie monster played by an actor named Brad Wolf, until he was caught in a nuclear explosion, which drove Wolf to act out as the monster itself. Here though, he's just kind of an ass, especially when his back is up against the wall. But Breaking Brad is also about Loki and Mobius attempting to break Brad's will in the interrogation chamber back at the TVA. Brad may not want to be typecast as an actor, but he's certainly boxed in by the episode's end. Inside the interrogation room, Brad raises some of the episode's many deeply uncomfortable questions. Chief among them, is Loki really the root of everyone's problems? Is Loki's glorious purpose to just bring pain and suffering wherever he goes? When Loki tries to reason with Brad explaining there are lives at stake, Brad scoffs. He says, you're just trying to make up for all the terrible, awful you've done in your life, you pathetic little man. And he's not wrong. Loki is trying to finally do some good after hurting so many people in his ego-driven quest for self-actualization. And it's fitting that Loki's been recast as an anti-hero because Brad basically quotes Taylor Swift in his dressing down of the God of Mischief. It's you. You're the problem. It's you. You're the problem. Every time we've ever found a you, the problem is you think you're special, but you're not. Brad really twists the knife by telling Loki that even if he dresses like a TVA agent or tries to convince himself that he can be better, he's just going to wind up making everything worse. You're a villain. You're good at it. Do that. In a word, it's brutal. But as Guardians have thick skin, unlike certain Mobiuses I could name, because when Brad turns his acid tongue on Mobius, he doesn't hold back. One of the core questions behind Loki this season is what happens when you suddenly give everyone free will and no direction. 
Will humanity make good choices and rise to the occasion? Will they descend into utter chaos as the universe slides into entropy? Or do some people actually crave subjugation like Loki insisted in his villainous speech in Dusseldorf way back in the Avengers? It's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. When it comes to Mobius, he just might. Despite being fully aware of the fact that the TVA is an elaborate lie and he has a life out there somewhere on the timeline, Mobius has not demonstrated a single iota of curiosity about it. Brad tells him, you're not an analyst. I'm not a hunter. None of this is real. I mean, who even are you on the timeline? Do you know? Doesn't matter. Or maybe Mobius just doesn't want to reckon with the fact that he's most likely a jet ski salesman in real life. He probably works at that personal watercraft store we saw in the trailers. You know, the funny thing about jet skis, everyone thinks that it's a personal watercraft. I don't care. Brad's assertion that Mobius is nothing until he has the courage to examine the truth flips a switch inside of him. And unfortunately for Brad, it's a violent switch and there is no Saul to call. And that proves to be a tactical mistake. A nowhere man, you're a- Okay, maybe tactical is the wrong word. That wasn't tactical. I lost it. Mobius's response is understandable in a sense. There's an impotent rage at work here. He's a man who spent a minimum of 400 years existing for one single purpose, to preserve the sacred timeline. Finding out that not only is your life's work a lie, but your whole identity is an elaborate construct is a horrifying revelation. While Brad chose flight, Mobius chose fight, and the only thing that can take the edge off is some key lime pie. How about a slice of pie? Now, this also leads to a moment of long overdue self-reflection from Loki. He identifies the root of his villainous behavior in the Avengers as something born from rage, a deep-seated anger at his father and brother, and a feeling like he was out of control. Let me say something. Wasn't tactical. While Loki may not agree with Brad deep down, he also knows when to apply a little pressure. And that pressure comes from Loki compressing the magical murder box in which this would-be actor is trapped. Okay. Okay. And this finally lets them track down Sylvie, which in turn raises even more existential questions. As Michael Walsh noted in his article on Nerdist, this episode asks some interesting questions about how time and time travel work inside the TVA. Season one did a great job at establishing that the TVA exists outside of time and space as we know it. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. But so far, this season has highlighted a major time discrepancy between time inside the TVA and back on the sacred timeline. For example, Mobius has theoretically been in the TVA for centuries, or however time actually works there. It's unclear. We don't even know how long Loki's been outside of time and space either. He speaks with such a clear-eyed self-awareness about the Battle of New York, and it sounds like it happened for him over a decade ago like it did for us in real life. For this version of Loki, though, it's only been like, what, two weeks? Meanwhile, we see that Sylvie was able to establish a comfortable life and routine for herself at the McDonald's in Broxton, Oklahoma, circa 1982. That's long enough for her to settle into a routine where she was clearly part of the community for an entire McMinute. More unsettling, though, is X-5's evolution into Brad Wolf, a movie star with a considerable body of work. Based on how much longer Brad's hair is and the fact that he's made multiple motion pictures, it feels like he's been gone for a long, long time. And the implications of this time discrepancy are scary. It's not scary, it's elevated thriller, all right? Someone could theoretically leave the TVA, live an entire life on a branch for years and years, and then return to the TVA mere moments after they originally left. 
What kind of damage could someone do to the sacred timeline if they could do what they wanted for decades on end before the TVA even knew they were gone? Um. I need to catch you guys up. But Sylvie's the last person who's concerned with the sacred timeline or what the TVA thinks. In fact, the newfound sense of freedom that she feels from no longer being chased across the universe by Renslayer and her jackbooted thugs makes her happier than any meal ever could. Sylvie's decision to murder He Who Remains and stop the TVA from actively pruning the sacred timeline raises the show's toughest moral quandary yet, the darkest question of all. Would you prune a timeline to prevent a multiversal war between a legion of murderous tyrants at the cost of billions of lives? It's an impossible choice, because no matter what you do, there will be blood on your hands. Docs and her loyalists managed to wipe out 30% of all branch timelines that erupted from the sacred timeline. And as Hunter B-15 so mournfully put it, those are people. Those are lives. Billions and billions of lives lost, far more than Thanos ever snapped out of existence. But still not as many as He Who Remains had pruned over the years, and probably not as many if legions of Kang variants were allowed to duke it out for control of the multiverse. It's a hard pill to swallow for Loki and Sylvie. As Loki says in episode one, we got to the man at the end of time and he made sense. Loki understands the cruel logic behind He Who Remains, using an army of fascistic time cops to prevent dozens of other would-be temporal dictators from plunging the entire multiverse into war at the expense of free will. But Sylvie doesn't believe in that kind of determinism and wanton slaughter in the name of preserving order. When Loki tries to explain that he saw her in the TVA's future so it's destined to happen, she rejects the premise outright. Because that sounds a lot like the future's already been written. And we both know that it hasn't, not anymore. I made sure of that. He Who Remains as Twisted Logic feels even thinner by the episode's end. The TVA is left to reckon with their failure to stop General Dox and the countless dead left in her wake. So it's no wonder that Sylvie takes them to task over it. Sylvie. Is this the best you lot can do? But was there really nothing they could do as Loki tells Sylvie? Was Brad right? Are the God of Mischief and the TVA doomed to cause suffering in their attempt to help people? Well, in the TVA's current form, perhaps. Sylvie is correct. It's a rotten, broken institution still reeling from the revelation that its guiding principles were a total lie. The TVA can and should be reformed to act as temporal safeguards for the multiverse itself rather than just the sacred timeline. But that change will take time, and as we learned in episode one, time is the one thing they don't have. You've got about five minutes. They do have pie, though. How about a slice of pie? Key lime. Okay, great. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That's everything you need to know about Loki Episode 2. But in the meantime, if you want to know more about Loki's true glorious purpose in the MCU and why he's basically just Mr. Brightside, make sure you check out our recent Explainiac episode. Or if you want a deeper look into the unspeakable horrors of time slipping, check out our breakdown of Loki Episode 1. For now, though, tell us, did you spot anything that we missed? What did you think of this episode? It's really good. It is. Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.